0: Everybody and welcome to episode 204... 5, 65. Uh, <laughs> we
1: just discussed
0: that. We literally just had this
2: conversation, and I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and you could tell my approximate age by what I was collecting at the time. Garbage, pale kids, and stickers? Childhood. Magic cards and D&D books. Teenage. Credit card debts and weird pains? Adulthood. Ah. Aww. Aww.
0: I collect recordings of the... Noises my joints make when I wake up. I'm gonna put them together for
3: a remix one of these days. It's gonna sound <laughs> gonna, like
1: tap dancing.
3: Yeah, I was thinking it'd make a great haunted house record.
1: And I collect joints.
3: <laughs> no, you don't.
1: Well, not for very long. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: But yeah, we are talking about collections this week. What we collected then, what sort of things we collected now, collections that we have, collections that we didn't want. Um. So yeah, it's uh definitely gonna be a conversation about crap we got in the house. <laughs>
2: If you like crap in your house... That's all I got, man. Yeah, like you guys are giving me nothing, so we'll just go. You'll probably like the shows on the Podcast Collective, though, such as Joel's Own the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, Tales from the Hard Side, the Portland Beer Club Podcast, Talk Music to Me, and, of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. I don't think any of those that we talk about have... uh...
0: Falling off the radar.
2: Except maybe Rad Dad.
0: Oh, yeah, Rad Dad. Did.
2: <laughs> I, I started him again. Stop. It's, kind
0: of, it's, like, it's like bird is a word. Brian, don't! <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, Brian, don't! <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, if you're uh, looking for our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Talkshoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, and iHeartRadio and Podchaser.
3: Yeah.
1: No, Catcher.
0: Shut up. No, Chaser. Stop messing him up. One of these days we're gonna realize that writing that word down would be a good idea.
1: <laughs> That's too easy.
0: Sure, if you want to do it the easy way.
1: <laughs> right. But yes. Going Bombay.
0: <laughs> nice. Thank you for catching that reference. <laughs> Come on, guys. Either of you got that one? I'm going to Bombay, India to become a movie star.
1: You don't go to Bombay, you go to Hollywood.
0: Sure, if you want to do it the easy way nothing i got nothing joel muppet. No, muppet movie oh geez it's been a long time yeah, when he meets gonzo man so but yeah collections if you want to leave us some voicemail which i really hope we don't have because we didn't we don't we don't okay uh-huh. i mean not that we would have gotten any from the previous show yet because we haven't posted the previous show yet right but so it's seven. They don't, o- they don't know that they, they, they do now
1: oh yeah you ruined it you, you pulled the sheet back <sighs> the curtain back
0: they saw the guy in the green suit. <laughs> Paying no
1: attention to the naked man covered in oil. <laughs>
0: Ew. That's just,
1: a, that's just a good rule in life.
0: De- I'm not sure that's possible. The <laughs> deaf guy covered in
1: oil. I can't catch me. <laughs> me. All Bronson?
0: right. right now wrap. 708-669-9727. And it is totally
2: that time. <laughs> I meant Bronson, but we'll go with Bronson. This <laughs>
0: in yeah. Music.
3: Movies And TV And Sports Valley
0: <laughs> So this Whoa. week, Patrick chose the time, the uh, date, and we are going to be September 3rd, 1995, which is the founding of eBay as Auction Web. Clever. Yeah, I like that.
1: I because turn... nothing helped our collectors more than eBay. Oh,
3: I was 21 on that day.
1: That was Oh, yeah, oh, wow. It was mm. my birthday. Yep, for birthday.
3: You gave birth to an eBay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ow! You are just as old as eBay. eBay's wow. like your twin brother. Aww!
0: I don't think you know how age works.
1: Aww. Oh.
0: That would explain a lot, actually.
1: That's right. He said it was his twenty-first birthday. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: some music. The number one song in the land was. Oh, our acronym of the week: Y A N A.
2: I'm pretty sure that's your anus needs aliens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, he finally got one right.
2: That's a sequel to Mars
0: Needs Women.
3: <laughs> uh sadly
1: No, that, that was a You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson. Well,
2: what? no, not if you have
1: aliens <laughs> in your butt. It
3: <laughs> could be. <laughs>
1: You're never alone. Uh which was probably not it, you know, it, never, never by,
3: by uh Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. On September 1st, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened its doors for the first time.
0: And was that, wait, was that the rock and roll, f- was that when, um, not Molly Hatchet, who's the one who did Aqualung? Jeff Arthur. Were the, were, was it them that brought them into as the heavy metal one? No, that's Grammys. Oh, the Grammys, the okay.
3: They beat Metallica.
2: <laughs> one of the yeah, very the few... then, right? uh, there was a whole bunch of good metal albums that year. It was the first year of the heavy metal ca- uh, category, and it was an odd, uh, it was odd for me because it was one of the very few Grammys I watched live, like Lifetime. Really? <laughs>
1: I mean, even the members of Jethro Toll were like, what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sitting at home, eating dinner. Uh, wait, we're,
0: we're no, on what? No, they
1: what? went up on stage and accepted it, and they were all like, they they, they were just kind of like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> we didn't prepare a speech because we don't belong in this category.
0: <laughs> hey,
3: Aqualung.
0: In the meantime, he's like, you know I play a
3: flute, right? <laughs> right. So metal. Dude, I used to be in Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I would going to say,
1: you, you, you. <laughs> You know, the only band that were less metal than is Kiss. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dude, you are absolutely correct.
1: Nice.
3: <laughs> and the joke has ended finally. Um, <laughs> that is the period on this ending. Uh, Holmes Sterling Morrison Jr. was an American guitarist, best known as one of the founding members of the Velvet Underground. He usually played electric guitar, occasionally bass guitar, and sang backing vocals. Unlike bandmates Lou Reed, John Cale, Maureen Tucker, and Nico, Morrison never released a solo album. In 1994, Morrison was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Uh oh. Mm. and as his health deteriorated, he could no longer play guitar as a result of losing seven layers of skin. Whoa. Yikes. (sighs) (sighs) Morrison died on August 30th, one day after his 53rd birthday. Upon their induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996, Reed, Kale, and Tucker performed a song entitled, Last Night I Said Goodbye to My Friend, which was dedicated to Morrison, who had been absorbed.
0: Oh, that's sad.
3: Damn. How many? Amazing. Okay, just how many
0: layers of skin are we supposed to have? Let's get the owl who does the tootsie pops and <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
2: no. Let me get on a scalpel. I'll start counting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> am, and I'm gonna start licking one.
0: Three. Ooh. That got dark. It did, man. How?
3: Oh. <laughs> huh. What's the uh, verdict? How many layers? Eight. Jesus yep. Christ. He was almost.
2: I, I was, was, was looking something else up. What, what's interesting is that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame first opened its doors this year. It was, what, 95? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it started inducting people in 83.
1: Oh, so they probably finally. Oh, building.
2: Yeah, I think so, because 86, I was curious who the first inductees were, and they were Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley, Fats Domino, James Brown, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, and the Everly Brothers, which is Jesus. a good that's yeah. A, wow, that's
0: if a pretty good
1: inaugural list, yeah. yeah solid hey. foundation.
2: Hey, we're in the we're in the Hall
0: of Fame. Where should we meet for the induction? Uh, about that. <laughs> uh, Frank's
1: <laughs> house. Is nine asleep. years. That's where we should meet. Don't worry <laughs> yes. about it. You're going to be playing it.
3: <laughs> Jethro Tull is opening for us. <laughs> I don't know why we're here. Hey, Aqualung. Uh, okay. Uh, at you the 12th... to
1: him at a pedophile, right?
3: <laughs> at the 12th <laughs> MTV Video Music Awards on September 7th, among the winners were TLC, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and Madonna. All interesting choices. Hmm. Yeah. But very, very 90s. No kidding.
2: Yeah. Alright, moving on to movies. The number one
3: movie in the land was
2: Mortal Kombat! (laughs) I helped by watching it three times on opening weekend. (laughs) I saw it
0: opening weekend too.
2: Just finish it. Yeah, I just kept getting back to the dorms. I was like, oh, you haven't seen it yet? Yeah, I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even that I thought it was an amazing movie.
1: I can't remember if we saw it together or not.
2: I'm sure. I, I think I saw it with almost every possible combination of people in the dorms.
3: <laughs> He's just wandering around the triangle. Hey, anybody want to go see Mortal Kombat?
1: <laughs> uh, Got one of those giant signs. Want to see Mortal Kombat? Ask me how.
3: Yeah, less <laughs> students are like,
0: huh? what? They now celebrate Combat. Mortal Kombat Day
2: overseas.
1: How many pine cones to go see Mortal Kombat with you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. John Megna was an American. You okay. <laughs> Three. <laughs> I'll let you finish. <laughs> I'm done. He's
1: Licking looking himself.
2: John Megna was an American actor with several bit parts on several TV shows, but his best known role is that of Dill in the film To Kill a Mockingbird. Megna died of AIDS-related complications on September 4th.
1: He was a character that was modeled after um after Truman Capote as a child.
2: Because
1: hmm. Lee Harper or Harper Lee was uh, friends with Truman Capote her whole life.
2: Huh? I you believe I only first read *To Kill a Mockingbird* last year? Really? Really? Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought it was just as great as everyone says yeah. it was, but I yeah. just read it.
1: For for a one time book, man, she hit it out of the park.
2: Well, the sequel came out a couple of years ago. *Long I, came Watchmen. No, Watchman*. It no, it didn't. Yes, it did. So, oh, I see. He's doing that. There should have been only did. one.
1: Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm, do, I'm I'm doing I'm I'm doing that. There is no you know fourth Indiana Jones.
2: Did you read it? No. Yeah, if, according to people who are big Harper Lee fans, it's very different, but it's not bad.
1: Yeah, I, I would. Ha- I don't have a problem with it as a, as a piece of literature. I have a problem with it saying that it is a follow up to you know some a, a dead author's. You know, no, don't get your own shit.
2: No, she wrote it.
1: Well, it was it was. I don't think she wrote more it, than more than a third to half of it.
2: Yeah, it was cobbled together. Obviously, it was unfinished. And it was completed and compiled by someone else. But uh, apparently enough of it was together that like were able to put together her letters and whatnot and finish it as she,
3: as they believe she would have intended. Anyway, so
1: if they wanted like, to do it as she intended, they wouldn't have published anything, which is what she really wanted. But that's all right.
3: Sure. Uh, it wasn't like she had one sentence typed out in her typewriter when she died. And it was like, it was the best of times. It was the <laughs> worst of times. <laughs> and they're like, finish it. <laughs>
2: All right. Um, movies released this week included Two Wong Fu, Thanks For Everything, Julie Newmar. Thank you for not making that the acronym, I by the never, way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I interrupted you to tell you that's what I almost did.
2: <laughs> National Lampoon Senior Trip, The Prophecy, and The Last of the Dogmen.
0: Another very 90s lineup. 90s were a time for kind of bizarre movies, weren't they? Yeah, that's a really weird cross-section <laughs> of the I've genres. never seen
1: any one of those four.
0: Two Wong Fu was good. <clears throat> yeah, Two Wong Fu's good. Is Skip Senior Trip. The Prophecy's all right. Last of the Dogmen I haven't seen. I'm
3: trying to figure out if I've actually seen The Prophecy. Christopher Walken is uh, like a bad angel. Yeah. I thought we probably saw it together because I remember watching it in the room.
2: Yeah, probably. I don't remember it very well. Oh, it ha- it was Eric Stoltz. So we yep. sir- you made me watch it for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome home, Josh. Get in uh, the Stoltz chair. The Julietta Hatfield of Hollywood. <laughs> All right, TV. Uh, The top shows in the land are the very 90s, ER, Seinfeld, Friends, and Caroline in the City. Wow. And here's to hoping they never do a remake of Caroline in the City, because I don't want to have to watch that.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I I wouldn't mind watching Leah Thompson. I just don't want to. I'll just put it on mute. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, On September 4th, the cult series Xena, Warrior Princess, starring Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor, debuted.
2: The fact that, I don't know how much you guys watched of both Hercules and Xena, but like Xena was so much better than Hercules, it was silly. Like, it had no right to be that much better than Hercules.
1: Which one came first?
2: Hercules, for sure.
1: Mm. I never watched either. Me either. Oh yeah, those were. Xena enough to like, you know, no memes and (laughs) no whatever and this and that. And get to look at Lucy Laws in a skippy outfit, of course, I am a man. Are you? Well, I mean, contrary to what a lot of women say. <laughs>
3: Aw, I think you're a man.
1: Oh, thank you. That means a lot.
3: You're welcome. I've seen your pain. <laughs> Let's get down to business.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh,
1: well, I guess I got to take my pants off, Josh. <laughs> Let's get down to business.
0: Before we go any further down this hallway, um, <laughs> on September 5th, Alan Coulter? Kelter,
1: Kelter?
0: uh huh, Became the second announcer on The Late Show with David Letterman, replacing Bill Wendell.
1: Mr. W- and the song Mr. Wendell was written about him
0: No, he wasn't <laughs>
1: No, It wasn't that old
0: <laughs> that's,
1: That was a joke for Joel
3: sung by Ringo Starr
0: <laughs> Mr. Wendell wow. Alright, also A very happy day for us September 9th was the debut of the WB Anchored by Animaniacs Which transfers over from Fox Children's Programming block, Fox Kids We, we watch a that? lot of Animaniacs in school
2: yes. Yeah, but mostly on Fox Was it? Well, I mean, this was 95. Oh, shit.
0: Th- we were almost either all out or dropped out by this point.
1: Yeah. Yep. Nope. Yep. I mean, we were living in the apartment. I transferred. Yeah, we were yeah. in the house at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Animaniacs, that's just, I mean, i it's one of those things where it's like, I've found the old DVDs that I had. I'm like, ah, put it on. Does it hold up? Put it in. It holds up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It really does. Yeah, I,
1: I swear to you, I, I, still, I, I, I still use the song to, to know the capitals.
0: Hey capitals states and i mean
1: people are always amazed that i know the capital of anything i'm like really you just memorized the song dummy it's it's pretty
0: <laughs> <laughs> when they ask, do you sing it to him
1: i sing it in my head to get to it <laughs> if I, if, if it doesn't come to me right away yeah i gotta <laughs> sing it in my head real quick you
3: like, having a stroke
1: <laughs> yeah right
3: <laughs> <You're> just <laughs> standing right. At the in your head.
1: there like my eyes flashing and i'm like <laughs> uh all sports. right moving on to sports on August 30th, the Detroit Tigers teammates Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell played in their 1,914th game together, setting the AL record, which is now third overall. <laughs> what, what the
3: was, fuck was, just what happened? <laughs> what was that? What? Was what? That?
1: what happened? Oh,
3: something just sounded like a robot sneezing in hell. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, yeah. I what? thought it was like the ring broke in on our <laughs> broadcast for a second.
1: <laughs> what happened? I
2: didn't hear anything. It was so weird. There's a weird electronic shriek for like. <laughs> a quarter of a second. I peed a little.
1: <laughs> I peed a lot. I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh man, I maybe maybe I'm gonna get killed by the end of this episode.
3: Is it, is
0: Stay this tuned fire. to see whether Pat survives. <laughs>
3: Seven minutes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, John.
1: <laughs> She's gonna come climbing out of my my CPU, <laughs>
3: <laughs> covered in. Never mind.
0: <laughs> you should touch your keyboard and be like,
1: "Oh God, <laughs>
0: next house." Yeah, hey. I don't
1: have to worry about that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: All the- Don't worry about seven days and six; you'll be dead. <laughs> should, I really should. hope the recording got that, otherwise, people are going to be so confused. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> if if all the shit that I have in that in that hard drive doesn't get her, then she deserves to come out. <sighs> all right, moving on. I don't know if you guys got any of what I just said. And I, that- I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go on. Two NFL teams made their expansion franchise debuts on on September 3rd. The Carolina Panthers lost in overtime 23 to 20 to the Atlanta Falcons in front of 58,808 fans at the Georgia Dome, and the Jacksonville Jaguars fell to the Houston Oilers 10 to 3. 72,363 fans attended at Jacksonville Municipal Stadium.
3: The Atlanta
2: Falcons. I probably would have guessed wrong if someone had asked me when those two teams started being a thing
1: it feels like they've been around a lot longer than that but i mean if you think about it there's 23 years wow
3: i feel old all of a sudden
1: all of a sudden
3: yeah that's because i'm touching myself
1: (laughs) but you nicknamed your penis old
3: (laughs) i'm feeling old (laughs) mostly
2: due to the wrinkles
0: (laughs) kind of weird alley are we going down this week
1: (laughs) i don't know
3: this is what happens when we record on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> uh, and
1: lastly, on September 5th, <laughs> Cal Ripken tied Luke Gehrig's record of consecutive games with 2,130, and he broke the record the following day.
3: <laughs> that what? didn't tie his record of diseases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. Dude.
1: <laughs> but in sports history, this was, uh, this was a pretty important event. Cal Ripken taking over. He, <laughs> He not, still has the record to this day. It's like 20, 2,600, something like that, games in a row. Without missing a game for any reason at all. That's, that's insanity. Huh. Not
0: even injury and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow.
3: Color me impressed.
0: All right. So. Uh, Play us off. Keyboard, Joel.
1: Na, 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 na.
0: That was a long one.
1: That's what she said. I had Mexican last night. It's also what she said.
0: Is it? Okay. So, Probably. Let's just move on. Yes. Let's. Let's. Uh, so collections. Everybody has one. I'm sure. Even if you say you don't, there is something that somebody collects. You know. Have you ever met somebody who says I don't collect anything?
3: No, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. I mean, or they say I don't. I don't really collect anything. But they have like one or two of something.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's start with that. What what constitutes a collection? How? At oh. what number does a collection begin? <clears throat>
3: Three. 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 Three of something.
1: I think five.
0: Well, see, here's Hmm. the thing with three.
1: Because I don't think I have a collection of right guard, even though I have six of them.
2: (laughs) Well, I think you have to be buying things in a category because they are part of that category. And if you just have a pair of them, it's not quite a collection yet. I would say that three is the absolute minimum you would need. To be considered and a collection. It's not if you have three of anything, it's a collection. It's if you have three of a particular category where you bought the third one because it was part of the category that the other two belong
3: to. I was just going to say, yeah, if you have three right guards in your cabinet, but it's all the same kind, it's not really a collection.
0: Is it's nobody just... going to address the question of why Pat needs six right guards? Have you, have you ever you met saw...
1: him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I rescind the question.
3: Pat smells. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> we lived together for years. Like...
1: But like it's I like said, thank 46? you. Only six? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get me through
0: the next, you know, couple of weeks. Holy cats. Maybe. But no, I mean, like one of the, okay, here's, here's one of the things. When I worked for Starbucks, I had to do some presentation for something at corporate and it was supposed to be three minutes long. So I, uh, uh, Joel, who did the song, The Scientist?
1: Coldplay. uh, Coldplay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I used the Coldplay song, The Scientist, because it was just about three minutes long for my background music. So when it came to the end notes of it, I knew my presentation was almost over and I didn't have to like look around. I could just hear that this, it was almost done. Right? Well, it went off really well. And a bunch of brown nosing freaks that they were at Starbucks, because it went off so well, everyone just assumed that I was this huge Coldplay fan. So I had people that I didn't know buying me Coldplay albums. So now I have a collection of Coldplay albums. Why do I say it's a collection? Because I have more than three, and they're like weird like Euro track shit that people decided. So now I have, I have Coldplay, because eventually the word got out that Mike collects Coldplay. Now I've got like eight different Coldplay albums that I don't want. So I have a collection that I didn't want. That's what I was initially talking about with that.
3: Which is funny, because when I was um, growing up, whenever we had Christmas with the family, you know, my aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody got together, if you told somebody that you liked something... Plan on getting it for the rest of your life. Oh, God, yeah. Because every Christmas, it's like, oh, Joel likes whatever. And all of a sudden, you're collecting that whether you like it or not. You had to say something.
1: I I ended up with a collection of for for (laughs) years, either poker-related or bartending-related. That's all I ever got every Christmas.
2: I think that's that's especially true if your interests are niche and not well understood by people whose interaction with culture at large is like watching whatever's on primetime TV. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'm super into games, but people are like, oh, he's got a Guinness tattoo. So I have just a shitload of random Guinness merchandise. Yep.
3: You play Magic the Gathering. Here's a stack of mana I found. Isn't that neat? This is just really thin bread. Why did you give me this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It It came from from the the sky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you understood.
1: The first question we got down here is, what did you collect as a kid? Um... I, myself, uh, I guess I would say I had a collection of uh, Hot Wheels and Action Figures would be my two biggest collections as a kid. But, I mean, Mm. is it a collection if you play with it? I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah,
3: definitely. All right. I mean, nowadays, collecting to us would maybe mean more, you know, (coughs) actually unboxed, packaged still sort of thing. But, yeah, then you still collected it. You just used it.
2: I try not to be that guy. That uh, keeps something pristine in the package and never opens it because it's a collector's item. I, I try not to do that. It's kind of depressing. Yeah, I hit enough of the other middle-aged nerd stereotypes. I don't need <laughs> to hit
3: that one. <laughs> Our middle-aged nerd stereotype uh, in a good way. But we, all, all <laughs> nice
1: recovery, Joel. Yeah, way way to save yourself there. Yeah, way wait, wait to
2: pedal that one back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. thinking of my earliest collections though, like I had a stamps book and sure I did hot wheels, same as Pat, but like, I think my biggest first thing was stickers. You know, I was going to say stickers was one of mine too. Yeah. Like I especially like scratch and sniff stickers. And, uh, yeah, the, f- uh, my brother and I had a bedroom with a bunk bed so we could reach virtually every wall up to the ceiling. And like, we didn't keep the stickers, it th- we had a sticker book, but we filled the sticker book, uh, pretty quickly. And, uh, the stickers ended up going on like every inch of the walls in our bedroom, like up to the ceiling.
1: I hate stickers.
2: See, I, I had a sticker book when I was at age two, but looking back, I'm like, it
0: was like, oh, hey, you got to look at all these stickers I got. I put them in my sticker book, and now what are you going to do with them? I'm going to look at them in the book. Well, then why did you take them off the paper to begin with? So I can put them in the book.
2: Right. That's what you do. <laughs> what were your phone. feelings on puffy, puffy stickers? You remember those?
0: I remember the puffy stickers. I like the puffy stickers, but then I hated them because then the book wouldn't close right. Yeah, uh-huh. and eventually <laughs> the top
2: layer of the puffy would, would fall off. And you just get like that little piece of foam right there. Yep. Yeah. It's like a piece of foam shaped like a tiger glued to something. <laughs> <laughs> my life. I,
1: I have no idea about these puffy stickers. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> really? You don't know yeah. about... No, how do you not I, know I, about I, puffy I, stickers?
1: I, I hate stickers. You I I, I, have a, I have a deep hatred of stickers.
0: Okay. I you, don't like... You, you can't just leave it there. You got to be like, I have a hate... Uh, you know, I hate stickers because they killed my dog. You know, what? what... How do you... T- Hates something as ambivalent as stickers.
1: I don't like the sticky residue it leaves on things. So you I, hate
0: adhesives, is what you're I saying? Hate,
1: I, I hate anything on my skin. I hate. You demon. semen. You know that about me. I don't like things on my skin and stick, like people sticking stickers on me. It just sticks me out. I don't like stickers. I don't want them on anything. I don't, don't want them on things. Stickers are awful.
2: Crash and Sniff stickers were the shit. Man. Yeah, they were. I Especially,
3: like the, on the skunk one.
2: Oh yeah, I I had burnt tire, and I yeah I definitely had a t- a tires that smell like burning rubber, and the skunk one. But I prefer the fruit flavor ones because they are fruit smelling, smelling. ones. Yeah, don't yeah. do that.
3: Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't taste like that. I mean, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? that um, uh, I well I I was a I was a sticker kid as well. <sighs> um, I especially liked the um, like the ones that were like monsters or the Smurfs. Uh, especially the Smurfs Puffy ones were one of my favorites. And then around 86 or so, I started collecting comic books. That became a thing until college, actually. 90, I probably stopped shortly after our midway through our freshman year. And action figures. I mean, of course, what red-blooded American kid doesn't have action? True.
2: See, that's interesting to me because I barely started comic books by the time you stopped. Like I got a big stack of older comic books, a whole lot of iron man stuff, a whole lot of Thor, some weird like off third party publisher stuff. But I really started collecting in like 91 ish. I, I remember spirits of vengeance one with Johnny blaze and Ghost Rider was one of the first comic books I bought for myself just cause I wanted it.
3: Yeah, I was deeply embedded at that point because that—that's actually how Matt Brown and I became like best friends was because he collected and we would go to the conventions and stuff together. That was actually one of the first times we hung out.
0: Now, how far back are we going for like collections as kids? I mean, are we talking like middle school? Are we talking grade school? Or are we talking?
2: I'd Earth? say grade yeah. school for grade sure. School.
0: <laughs> I collected diapers. Yeah, I <laughs> would
1: co- books be considered a collection? I had yeah, if they were all the same
0: I, kind. I mean, the same you know, like I had all series. Kind
1: of series of books, yeah. I like had the Hardy Boys, had Encyclopedia Brown, had...
2: Uh, love those.
1: Yeah. Had, um, <laughs> and, then, and then I had a whole series of uh, classic literature that I got from my father. It was like 30 different volumes of just, you know, leather-bound, all kinds of classic stuff. That I, oh, I love that collection.
3: Smelled of rich mahogany.
1: It did. Yeah, that definitely... Gilded, gilded gold.
3: Time to musk up, Pat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pardon me while I... While I <laughs> Well, a must <laughs> And then he hits it with his elbow. Psh, that's always the best. <laughs>
3: uh, it smells like Bigfoot's dick.
1: <laughs> it's like a used diaper filled with Indian food.
2: <laughs> Sorry, we're going to bed. I think we've here. gone off course.
1: Yeah, we went a little bit. Yeah.
2: So, immediate family collections. I think that's kind of where we're at. Oh, uh, my mom
0: collected uh, what are those damn big headed statues? Bobbleheads? No, even worse. <laughs>
3: Hummel's? Oh yeah.
0: Not Hummel's. Uh, uh, well, those are precious pl- moments. Precious moments. Oh, oh my God, precious moments all over the friggin' place.
1: Yeah, I had an ex who was into those. It was always the nicest thing about those is is if you, if you know somebody that collects them, li- literally every every holiday, every birthday, every everything is just taken care of. Just buy them a new one of those.
3: Yeah. Well, and with the the holidays, they yeah they had one new one every year that was specific to that year. So as long mm-hmm. as you were the only one buying it for him. It was, yeah, it was an easy buy. Exactly. An easy gift.
0: Now
1: I,
3: uh, Oh, go
0: ahead. I, I was saying, I had something similar. I didn't collect, I collected like these statues, but they weren't, um, they weren't, uh, like precious moments. They were, I forget the name of the series. It was actually like a series of these things. There was like a whole story of this dragons and this evil wizard. And they had like a whole <laughs> book that went along with it. But I still have the statues of a, it's like a maybe foot tall, uh, ice dragon porcelain ice dragon statue that's and pretty cool. it is pretty cool i'll take a picture of it i'll send it to you and and the wizard that goes along with him and there were some other smaller ones that i collected but uh it was this holster's like to the point where i had to put these things on layaway because i was doing chores and stuff to earn money to buy these fucking statues and i don't know
3: why <laughs> dude that is a, that's a collector
0: man. but i bought like i mean i paid like 140 bucks for this fucking dragon when i was that... like 12 that's <laughs> the, the definition of a collector what was i doing what was wrong with me <laughs> i gotta
1: buy drugs with that
0: i, I <laughs> no, i could jesus but i mean like the whole thing is like i could have i mean it, they look really awesome in my room and i loved them but in retrospect it was kind well, of a weird what thing
1: we're doing. that's the point
3: right that's that's the whole that's the whole thing of collecting it's like i can buy issues but i really want to buy you know this special edition volume of books your priorities are to buy the books versus the shoes yeah. if you're a collector it's just the mindset
0: yeah i will take a picture of the dragon and the wizard and i'll post it and you guys can see you know what these things look like I, to, I mean even to the point where i've got the bottom of these autographed with like a certificate of authenticity also which i gotta figure out how much these things are worth man i can do a
3: get a car payment out of these i bet <laughs> um my grandmother on my mom's side um she her big thing that was all over her house. She, she collected elephants and I specifically remember, I have two of them that I inherited when she passed. Um, but every year the Republican party would release these, um, uh, they were dated, they had the year on it and they were like, they, like mugs almost, but they were of elephants. And so every year she'd get one of those, um, for Christmas. And she had a, a row of them around, you know, like there was like, a what you call it, like a ledge kind of thing towards the top of the, the ceiling. Yeah. And she had them just by year all across that that particular part of the the house. And uh, so when she passed each one of the, the the cousins got each got a couple of them as well as the aunts and uncles and I remember that that every year, you know, if you wanted to get grandma something, you'd find something that had to do with an elephant and that was an easy buy.
2: Hmm. I have talked quite a bit about both of my parents' collections oh, like my yes. my mom was into dolls, my dad had the uh uh Originally, he had the uh, old antique cars, and then he bought the lighter collection in order to flip it, and it took many, many years for him to do it. Uh, what One thing I haven't touched on too much, and I have to mention it now because it's going to be relevant to a future question, is that uh, there's a series of books that was produced by the company my dad worked most of his life for uh, called the Lakeside Press uh, Editions. They're all... Uh, very high-quality, small volumes. Usually it's classic literature, but that R.R. Donnelly & Sons makes once at Christmas and sends to all current and retired employees. <clears throat> and they originally were going to my grandfather on my mother's side, but when he died, I got them all. Ooh. And, uh, like, I'm still getting one every Christmas. Like, I, my dad will give it to me with my Christmas card.
0: <clears throat> That's pretty cool.
2: Yes, and... Uh, Well, it's kind of working into the, I technically inherited the collection and, uh, jumping ahead to a future question on our list, unfortunately, uh, probably about 10 or 15 volumes I no longer have because some of them are worth something and I was desperate for cash. So I sold some of them. Now I kind of wish I hadn't. See, that's the thing is I've sold some things that I've collected
0: and it always is like in when you're doing it, it's like, I need, we really need the cash. But then like later, even though it's, they're not around, you're not like affect really affecting your life. You're kind of sad about it.
2: Right. Because it's one of those things like I'm, I don't care enough about it to go back and rebuy them to fill in the gaps. But like, I'm glad I couldn't find all of the ones I had when I sold them because I'm certain I didn't get, I was desperate. So I didn't get their true value for them. And I'd rather just have them as part of the set. hmm
3: Well. My, my biggest foible in that category of selling part of a collection. When I was a kid, I did kind of what Mike did, where I saved up my money. We were taking a trip to Canada, and we went to um, Mile High Comics and uh, along the way. And um, I had reached out to them ahead of time because they were selling a copy of Daredevil 1. Got it for 200 bucks at the time, and that's, I mean, that's what I was going for then. <laughs> now, granted, fast forward to when I'm a bit older, I need cash. It's the only thing I really had that was of any value. Put it on eBay thinking, you know, hey, I can sell it. I didn't know really how eBay worked. So I didn't set a reserve Mm. and I wanted to get 800 for it. I ended up getting, I think like 450 or something like that. And I, you know, I reached out to the guy and kind of tried to see if I could haggle him up some or something or get him to, you know, (laughs) renege on the deal. But um, he said, you know, if it's in good enough condition, I'll take it. But if not, I'll let you keep it and we'll just consider it a wash. So drove out. He ended up taking it off my hands. Uh, and now it's, I think last time I checked, it's selling for like a grand or something like that. Oh so, man. I, and I, I really, I wouldn't have sold it ultimately if I had the choice. Cause it was, it still is one of like the, the favorite things I've ever owned. And um, uh, it was in, it was in good shape too. So it's one of those things that if I ever become independently really wealthy, would like to add back to my collection. But yeah, that was a big shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, don't go down that that aisle. I mean, don't go down that that road because then you you start driving yourself nuts by you know what you could have
2: had with a collection. Right. Like I, you were I, talking about earlier with Pat and his magic cards. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, yeah.
1: that was a collection I had in college. I had a pretty nice magic uh, the Gathering collection that I had accumulated through buying and and trading and selling and buying and stealing and not really stealing. <laughs> But yeah, no, I i actually I put a lot of time and money into 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 a lot of expensive cards just to make decks that I wanted to make, and um, one year at Gen Con I decided I was just going to sell it because I thought that the market was dropping on it. I was incorrect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we really thought it was going to bottom out,
1: right? I mean, it's just so many things pointed to this was this was the apex, and it was gone the way out. So I thought I'd do the right thing, and I sold it for about I think twelve hundred dollars is what I got for everything, and. I had spent far more than that on it. I know that, um, but it was you know liquid money in my pocket at that moment that I needed, and so, and I wasn't you know like I said, I really thought I was selling at the right time, and now that collection is probably worth I would say probably around five to six thousand dollars, based on what I had, um, <clears throat> and and just the sheer amount of what I had.
3: <laughs> but you know, you didn't do the wrong thing because seriously, that the the market was so saturated at that point that it felt like. It was going to collapse under its own weight.
1: I mean, I had—I literally had a trunk full of of Magic: The Gathering cards.
3: That's insane. You yeah. Know, I tried the same thing.
1: One fell swoop, just gone. <laughs>
3: I tried the same thing you did, Pat, with what the,
1: I had. They had—they had to bring—they uh, had to bring fucking uh, two, uh, um, what do they call them? The the bellhop uh, <laughs> luggage carts <laughs> to get all the to get all of them out of my trunk.
3: Hmm. Well, guess how much I made on mine that I took to try to sell?
1: Two seventy-five.
3: Oh, you're close. Two (laughs) dollars. Was that that the year that
0: you and I both sold cards? Yep. See, okay, I don't want to depress you, Pat, but I sold about a dozen cards that same year, and I came home and I bought new laptops for both me and Susie, (laughs) (laughs) one of which I'm recording on right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that was around the time where I was uh, helping people sell their collections because I had knowledge of current prices, and you guys were like, I've got magic cards, and... Poor Joel's like I have two cards.
3: <laughs> I mean I, I, I let him go through everything I had and he's like, uh, you know.
0: Here, I'll think- buy you a coffee. <laughs> now you owe me
3: a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> probably would have been a better deal.
1: Well my father, he um had a had a problem. He couldn't he couldn't buy less than three of things, but he couldn't buy more than like twenty. He had I mean it wasn't like a thing he did on purpose. It just that was just how he was. He'd like he'd start a collection of something and then he would just kinda of lose focus and start a collection of something else. So oh. I have boxes and boxes full of all kinds of little like groups what? of things. Like he has his he had a oh, only in America collection, which was like six or seven just random weird things that he found in different places. And then there's like the you know, the the butter dish set, you know, and then there's the salt and pepper sets, and then there's this the and there's just all kinds of, you know, the only thing that is, like, really, like, huge would be, like, his, his music collection, his records and, and uh, CDs and 8-tracks and everything that I inherited.
0: So he just had, like, a collection of just, like, less, just I new mean, I, I things used to joke all over?
1: Well, I used to joke with him that he collected oh. collections.
0: <laughs> hey, you're not wrong. I mean, it's...
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, he never really got balls deep into one thing of collection, but he collected all kinds of little things well i think I, it's, I, I have i have now i have um like a dozen barbers uh old-timey barber sets with the the you know that you put the shaving cream in and it has the, the the broom the little whisker broom thing
2: you mean like you have like straight racers yeah well yeah and the stuff to because before there was shaving cream you'd have like a shaving soap and yeah. Yeah. a strop yeah. for your straight
0: edge i
1: have and, all that kind of stuff yeah because you know that he just, at one point, decided he wanted to get he wanted to start collecting that kind of stuff.
0: Man, I would totally be down with that. I've been to, I've, I've always wanted to try to attempt to slice open my throat the first thing in the morning.
1: <laughs> well, I, I can s- send you a kit.
2: Send nah, me I I a send kit, me, man. Don't, don't send that to Mike. One of these days, <laughs> he'll do it.
1: <laughs> Aww. just not before me. That's the only rule.
2: It's, an,
0: it's not your choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think it's
2: interesting that we're kind of uh, focused around the nineties, both in what we're talking about now, because early to mid nineties, like right before eBay and then immediately after eBay, the whole collection thing changed. Like people started to notice that, oh yeah, that stuff from the sixties, seventies and eighties, that's worth something. So the producers of collectibles changed their strategy in response to that. Uh huh. Like, yeah. which is why there are still cases and cases and cases of Spawn number one sitting in
3: warehouses. Death of Superman. Oh yeah, d- yeah. All, yeah, right at that time, you <clears throat> had the
2: speculators drove up prices, so producers uh, satisfied that demand, and you've got just a lot of butt worthless stuff from the 1990s, from sports TV. cards. Yeah, sports cards, and uh, you know, uh, Prisma Prisma color. What do they call them
0: when they had the the shiny uh, cover uh, comics? Prisma like foil, foil yeah foil yeah foil. Prisma foil comics you know it's like every time there was never just a new release of a comic issue number one there was the issue number one standard now there's issue number one Prisma color now it's issue number one from the comic-con number one
2: type of thing
1: and it, everything is a collector's edition
2: yeah everything right. can't be collectible and it's interesting that almost in any form of secondary market, wh- whether you're talking sports cards or comics or car cards in general, like the rule of thumb is if it's from the nineties, it's not worth a goddamn thing. Yep.
3: Yeah. That, that started to change now. Um, like Funko, for example, is probably the prime example of release something for a short period of time, limited run and end it, just move on to the next thing. And, and uh, so it's, It's less like that. But I remember collecting comics at that point because I remember when The Dark Knight happened and everybody was shitting their pants because all of a sudden, you know, you could sell these issues for, you know, hundreds of dollars that had just come out. And -hmm. then as soon as that happened, all the speculators said, huh. And from there on out, it was like it was just a, a floodgates opened. And if you bought something that was a number one, like you were talking about, if you bought one of the four variants, chances are you ended up keeping it and you would never be able to sell it back.
2: Right, because the price guides would tell you a month later that it was worth five hundred dollars, and then five years later it was worth nothing.
3: Yep, yep. It was crazy. Um, the, uh, the The documentary about Image Comics gets pretty in depth with that. It's kind of interesting to. to well,
0: apply. they were one of the worst ones. Yeah, I mean that's partially why I started going towards independent comics during that time.
3: Yeah, I was big in independent <clears throat> comics because yeah, there was it was it was truly more of a collector's thing because they couldn't afford to do large runs. Mm -hmm. And if you found something cool that you happen to catch that ended up being popular, uh, chances are it was more likely it was going to be worth something like the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I had a chance at, passed on when it came out, um, but bought a bunch of other weird stuff that I've never seen again, but doesn't have any value just to me.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of crazy how unique it is specifically to the decade of the 90s because there's stuff that people knew were going to be collectible in the 80s like uh, old-school Garbage Pail Kids or Generation 1 Transformers that are legitimately worth what we thought they would be worth
3: back then. Yeah.
1: Or certain action figures. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like the the Boba Fett that shoots the rocket out of his backpack or the... The
1: the vinyl Jawa. Oh,
3: with the 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 little vinyl robe, yeah.
1: Yeah. The
3: uh, Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader that have the, the lightsaber that actually pops out instead of his you know, stagnant.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I had the R2-D2 from that uh, mail-in, uh, the Kenner promotion.
0: Oh, man, that's something else I miss. Collect Russia? as many of the barcodes and you mail them in and then you get, um, what was the chameleon guy yep. from G.I. Joe? Oh,
2: Xantar? Uh, Xantar, yeah. Zartan. Zartan.
0: Zartan. Yeah, you get Zartan and it changes color when you put him in the sun. That was... I have that one. Yeah, I mean, and then when you get... I have that one too. Uh, Who were some too. of the other ones you got? Refrigerator Perry? Fridge. Yeah, I mean, there yep. was... All, I
3: miss that kind of
1: stuff. I got the Emperor. I got the Star Wars one.
3: Well, and then there was the G.I. Joe, the limited G.I. Joe thing where you could get one that was your own name, and it was just a generic, like, guy with a mask on that looked kind of like a mix between a, like, a Cobra Soldier or a Cobra Commander and a, and a G.I. Joe, but it came with, like, a personalized uh, card that had all your information on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I wonder how much those are worth now. I have one, but I've never I've never looked into it. But, yeah, that was one mean, of, of, of things. I mean, they're all technically one of a kind. Yep. But they're specific to you. So, you know, if somebody's like, I want the Joel Kenyon action figure. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't really care about that. <laughs> I have an action figure of myself. but that's... <laughs> With depression, kung fu
0: grip. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> mm-hmm. But That's no, it. I mean, that, and I, I do think I agree with you, Josh. It's like the 90s were like fuck all for collectibles. It, I really hate what happened, especially to comics during that time. So, yeah. But yeah, so uh, for the Venn, do we got anything else you want to talk well,
2: about? Well, this is last, you know, like, what did you want to collect but didn't or couldn't? Ooh. And that was a constant thing for me because, like, my growing up, like, I didn't get an allowance for many years. And when I finally did get one, it was like $3 a week. Uh, so, like, frequently, I, I I had like a transformer, and, and like, eventually, I'd get one of the like bumblebee size ones because it was what my parents were willing to buy for me. We weren't poor by any means, but like, I certainly was not a kid who had a complete set of anything. Mm. And then going into college, uh, commuter student didn't have a lot of pocket money either. Like, I frequently I was the first into magic, but I. F- often had the fewest magic cards of anybody because i just i didn't have the ready cash to buy them so that was my main limiter uh, in this entire then period that we're talking about from childhood to yeah. year 2000 and it's probably why when i i started as a young adult with like my first real couple of jobs was like i I didn't deny myself fucking anything <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I would say probably what i wanted to collect was like the more expensive magic cards like the Lotus and the and the Moxes and and time you know the what what is the the time um, time, twister. Oh, time twister
2: time twister yeah.
1: time twister yeah so those types of cards I would have liked to have gotten
2: the power nine
1: yeah just yeah all of yeah exactly the whole the whole nine that's that was I didn't even get one I mean I wanted to get all of them I didn't even never even got one
2: I had two at one point
1: yeah I remember I remember looking at them
2: well yeah they were necessary because <laughs> my first deck was Channel Fireball. Yeah, I can't think of, any, of anything that I wanted to
0: collect. I mean, not that I went out and bought myself any collection I wanted, but I mean, I don't think there was anything outside of what my interests were that I was like, "Oh, I totally have to have that. I mean, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I can't think of anything specifically either. I mean, I had a couple of um, uh, like Japanese toys, like the Robotech ones, that I thought were cool, that I never got more than just, I think, maybe two. Um but I just you, they just didn't see them anywhere. And at that point, you know, it wasn't like you just hop on the Internet and click around and find something. You had to actually go to somewhere where they sold them. Um,
0: see, I think that's another big change between the then and the now for this. Because if I have something that I wanted to collect back then and they didn't have it at this comic shop or they didn't have it, at, you know, they can call the other stores and they, you know, sorry, don't have it. Had to go to find a different comic shop, go there, find a different store, go find it or uh, waiting for the chase figures. You know, when you were, if you were picking up uh, action figures, I mean, now it's it's a it's, well a lot easier to actually have a collection because y- you can't find something. You go to eBay, you go to Amazon, you go to a thousand different spots online where you can find these items. And I just think what's missing is be the the chase is missing.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can still get that that uh, mental, or you still can do that. You know, hitting thrift stores or specialty shops or. Uh, you know, if you like if you're a record collector, I mean, there's so many record stores that are still kind of out there and popping up that you can do it. But sometimes it's like, do I really want to do that? Do I have time to do that? Mm-hmm. And that's probably something more to talk about in the now. But Well, well yeah. Um, and
2: it's funny you talk about the chase because that's the next kind of shitty thing that manufacturers did to kind of adjust to the eBay new paradigm is they'd create figures that were packed one per case of lesser desirable figures that were literally called chase figures that were for the collectors. Yep. So yeah, you'd have like pack of 50 on the top of the pack of 50. There's this one unique blister pack. And usually the stores had to decide, okay, does, does an employee snag it and buy it for themselves? Do they have a favored customer who gets to buy it? What happens to that chase figure? Mm Mm-hmm. And the rest of it's all Mace Windu. <laughs> sure. I think Jetster Dexter was one of the big chase figures from the prequels. Where, like, it wasn't even a great figure or a real awesome character, but there was just, like... I could be wrong on that, but I, I thought I remember hearing that he was a box topper for uh, episode two.
0: Oh, yeah, that guy. I know, um... I think the one of the regret of not grabbing it when I saw it, I think Jeb Porkins, I saw one of his... And didn't and didn't think about it, and then it wasn't until later that I realized that he was like a chase figure too.
2: Oh, but. he was another like uh, case topper.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, but no, I mean it's I the chase, the wait, figuring out if you could find it, following up on leads, that sort of thing. If you were looking for one specific thing to finish up, a, finish up a a series or finish up you know one section of a collection type of thing, it just seems sure. to be missing.
3: I oh. think we're. Getting our toes kind of deep into the...
0: Yeah, we're stepping over
3: into the now. So I Yeah, because we'll- a
2: lot of this is something that definitely kind of crosses over into the post-2000s. So it's a yeah. good spot for a break.
0: Right on. So we'll be back in a little bit as we all
2: look around the house to see what our collections are now.
0: All right, we're back. We've meandered around the house and looked to see of things that we have more than three of to determine what our collections are for now. And uh turns out I collect scabs. Ew. Ew <laughs> Ew. Just ew.
1: And I collect summons.
0: Aw, that makes us sad. <laughs> no, I mean does do uh any of us have a actual like go out of the way to get stuff type collection thing going now?
1: I don't know if I would say I go out of my way to collect it, but I definitely, if I'm, if something catches my eye, if I'm, like, in a thrift store or a vintage shop or an antique store or whatever, I do collect unusual and vintage and old uh, decks of cards.
0: Like playing cards? Yeah. Well, that's cool.
1: Yeah. I figure it's kind of appropriate.
0: It's definitely a thing.
1: Yeah. I have uh, everything from, like, the invisible cards to the half cards, the different shapes, different whatever, and I have some, like... The 1940s and stuff uh, from the Amtrak trains and stuff.
3: Uh, what are you a, laughing at, goofhead? It's just a plastic box with nothing in it.
1: Oh, well, the invisible <laughs> cards? Yeah, yes. they might as well be. They're like clear. They're clear plastic, and it's like only the corners. Like, it's like when you're looking at them and holding them and shuffling them, it's really weird. And you just look right through to your fingers. It's like yeah. <laughs>
3: that is strange. Yeah. I thought you just got duped. <laughs> <laughs> they're only. <laughs>
0: People who can't see them are not really great poker players.
1: (laughs) They sell out every year at the WSOP.
3: I want to believe. (laughs) You see people playing imaginary poker.
1: You're cheating. Uh,
3: In a
2: uh, revelation that will surprise exactly no one, almost all of my collections are games related. What? Yeah, I mean, between... the board game collection which would have started right at the, our boundary between then and now right around the time I started working in the games industry at hobbytown like I, I started board games. I had been collecting d d books before that, but like that forty percent discount and no real like bills mm. I definitely had this baseline where I was purchasing other people's d d books Collections as they were getting out and using the money with my discount to like trade in kind. Uh, For a while there, I was I was explicitly collecting pirate board games, and then they just started releasing too fast for me to keep up. But yeah, I probably yeah
1: I probably overwhelm me with numbers. (laughs) I
2: guess at at a rate of between two and five a year. uh, Even now, I'm. Continuing to grow my 300-plus board game collection. Jesus. Um, really?
0: I, How modern. many
1: would you say you have, Mike? I know it's close between the two of you.
2: Um,
0: I could give you a better number if they were all in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's kind of where I'm at, too, is yeah. that I have...
0: The entire
1: basement you've seen, Josh. I mean, Yeah do you I, think it, has more?
2: I, I still think I have more because of the head start I got on Hobby Town. Plus, I never stopped buying... I think a, a year where I was poor, I bought two.
1: <laughs> like, You're like Bruce Banner. That's my secret. I never stopped buying.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, just there's probably close to a hundred that I can see from where I'm sitting just in the entertainment center to the left of my uh, computer. Then the entire closet that isn't filled with uh, vape stuff is almost all board games. Then there's a bunch in the living room. And then the ones that are frequently played are are in the china cabinets in the dining room
1: as you mean mean. i the amount of board games that i have is is kind of asinine for the normal person and you guys put me to shame
2: there's a there's a copy
1: seven large boxes full and and it would take you guys like four times as many boxes easily
0: well i've got a copy of lunch money on the desk next to me and then there's a copy of journey to the center of the earth next to that so that's just an arm's reach um Yeah, I I know I have like our, the, I've got some in the basement down here. I think I'm probably just a, a behind I'm behind you on the number of board games Josh, but probably not by much. Because you got that you head are, start.
1: It's, it's close. I know that.
2: Yeah, probably closer than yeah. I would imagine.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, I you had the head start for Hobby Town. I had a little bit of a gain up when I worked for Wizards, you know, cuz they gave us they gave us like um $300 in Wizards bucks or whatever the hell they called it every quarter to buy games with. So I took advantage of that all the time,
2: but then of course, when it comes to video games, like I stopped collecting physical games. Like I'll, I'll get the occasional PS4 game when it's a big release and that's going to be physical, but with the humble bundles and sale steam sales and whatnot, just looking at my steam account page, uh, digital only PC games, uh, my steam account has 1044 games and 963 DLC. You got me beat at that.
3: And that doesn't even count like your Raspberry Pi or...
2: No, no, that doesn't count my Raspberry Pi. It doesn't count any Blizzard games. It doesn't count any Origin-only games. This is just stuff that I have Steam keys for. I I joke, but it's true. I have more spare unused keys for games on Humble than most people will ever own video games. Just because they'll release for $5, it's like have nine games. I already own three of them, but really want the other six. Oh, here we go, Josh.
0: Game that I have that I bet you don't have. The Dungeons & Dragons Electronic uh, Labyrinth game. That is certainly a thing I do not have. <laughs> I found it, all the pieces, at Goodwill for 10 bucks. Nice. And it was just like, I saw it on the shelf, and I'm like, there's no way that's anything but just the board. You know, picked it up. But it was complete? It was complete.
2: That's real nice.
0: Yeah. So not a, not a lot of uh, wear and tear on it. either. Like, I was expecting, like, you know, batteries left in or something like that but there isn't any like that corrosion or anything so it's uh
2: that's really cool yeah that's that's a find right there
0: yeah and i also my copy of um hero quest got that from way back in the day when
2: it first came out too so
0: yeah the jewel
2: of my collection is still and i'm sure i mentioned this on the board oh wait wait let me let me guess let me
0: guess it's the uh settlers of Catan super deluxe ceramic edition
2: Yes, the treasure chest edition. Yes, That's shipped in in a custom wooden box, and like all of the pieces are hand painted, three d sculpted. I don't even like I wouldn't even rank settlers of Catan in my top ten or even twenty board games, but that was like a huge anniversary edition was supposed to retail for like six seven hundred dollars. Uh, I basically bought it for a few bucks over cost to cover Fred's opportunity cost of getting it shipped.
0: Mm.
2: And, uh, yeah, it's. I think I've
0: played with it twice. I won't lie, I'm pretty jealous that you have that one, because that is an uh-huh. amazing set.
2: Yeah, I, I every once in a while, I'll check eBay to see what they're going for, and uh, usually it's
3: significantly more than I paid for. Nice.
1: I've still never played that game.
3: Catan? I haven't either. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Well, again, in, in another kind of... Yeah, nobody's surprised, dumbass. Uh, when I started working at the record store in '95, that was when the, because I already collected music, primarily cassettes, but I had started my CD collection, once I started working there and all the promo stuff that we got, plus having access to, you know, first pick on new releases or uh, used stuff, uh, you know, my my collection kind of exploded. And I don't buy a lot of physical music, uh, you, know, I'll, you know, I'll support Juliana hatfield I'll always buy her stuff and the used, Silver some pickups, you know, stuff like that, but it's not like it was. so. I probably capped out at about twenty five hundred to three thousand CDs. Wow! Um, doesn't count the cassettes. Uh, I have a couple of eight tracks. I have some vinyl, um, and then you know nowadays it's all digital and with uh, the shows that I do and stuff. And I would get promo stuff there too. I don't even I don't even have a clue how much is in there, but um, so there's that. And then the other thing that I collect is movies. Again, what um, that. Uh, I mean, really didn't kick off into a bigger deal until about, like, 99 or so. And I don't have an accurate count of the DVDs anymore just because uh, when uh, I divorced, you know, she took the ones that she wanted and I kept the ones that I wanted. And then I've started to replace a lot of them on Blu-ray. So the Blu-rays that I've kept count of, I've got 573 Blu-rays. um you know, some of those are sets, but I then there's the DVDs mixed in there. And then I've got a whole box of VHS tapes down in the basement. So, um, But that's that's my ever-growing collection. That's the one thing that I do collect outside of toys.
0: Hmm. Now, I also have physical video games that I've collect, been collecting. So I've got like my original Final Fantasy cartridge from the first Nintendo. I've got a bunch nice. of other... Uh, you know, my I tend to lean towards crazy-ass Japanese RPGs, so I've got a lot of bizarre RPGs and that sort of thing that, you know, had limited release. Um, one of the rarer ones that I have is uh, a copy of Rule of Rose that um, that came out in... Actually, in Europe, the game came out and was almost immediately banned. Because it's kind of like... Uh, imagine if you got dropped into um, uh, Lord of the Flies, but it all takes place in an all-girls school.
3: <laughs> that's great,
1: job. I mean
0: that's the best way to put it, but it's just very like, cool, yeah, I mean, it's a really messed up like like psychological horror movie, but um
3: you, you know, found that though somewhere weird though didn't you i found
0: it I, I don't even know where I found it.
3: I thought you'd gotten it at like a like a goodwill or someplace like that
0: no, i found um I know I found a cop my copy of the dreamcast uh uh marvel vs um Street Fighter uh, the first one, which is like another super rare video game, I found that
2: there for like a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, oh, jeez. Yeah, it's funny because I think Funko Land and GameStop basically wiped out most of my physical old school game collection because I sold all of my NES, all of my Super NES uh, stuff. But then, like, I stopped doing that around PS One, so I've still got like Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine. Yeah, an original package Well, not like sealed or anything, but like the discs I bought when they were new. And then when I worked briefly in video games, someone brought in an N64 with uh, Zelda and a few other games and we weren't buying them anymore. But I was like, uh, this is what we would pay for them. And I have that much in my wallet. Yeah. So I I ended up buying a 64 and uh, not Majora's Mask. The other one uh, Ocarina of Time, I think it is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's there's a when I worked, um,
0: I think at the the sandwich shop, the sandwich shop or Starbucks, there was a uh, game shop that I went to all the time. That I would actually get a phone call from the manager there, and he called me, "Hey, Mike, yeah, what's up? Some guy's getting married." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll be right there," <laughs> you know, because he would get married, you know, people get married, he's getting married, so she's making him sell all his video games. I'm like. I'm on it! You know, and get it there and get these weird-ass games and stuff. I mean, nine times out of ten, it was just a big old pile of, like, Madden, but, it, you know, it's, every now and then, you get some like, uh, there's one Japanese game, I gotta I gotta look and see what it is, it's an old PS1 game where the combat system is all based off of classical music. Weird. It's, it is, it's It's really strange, and it was one of those, like,
2: huh, that's odd. Put it
0: I in think the,
3: that's
2: Tales of Symphonia? Yeah, Tales of Symphonia, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm into the Tales series, so that and that's one of the few I hadn't played, but I've definitely read about the plot. Yeah, but um, yeah, and it oh goes all the way back to
0: like uh, you know, original Game Boy games. I tend to grab these crazy ass games all the time. Patrick.
1: Yes. <laughs> Sorry to he wake said, you
0: up.
3: He said poker. <laughs> po- oh, he uh,
0: H- I did not have any. I, mean, I just
1: didn't have much to say about anything. Oh comments, I just kept it myself.
0: So I was going to ask, what do, you, what do you collect that you hated? What got willed to you that you're just like...
1: Oh, I have boxes and boxes of antique glassware that I just can't... I, I can't even give it away. I've listed them everywhere for sale. I've tried to go go to, like, estate sales, all this kind of stuff, and it's like... I just, It's just nothing but, like, you know, salt dips and different types of creamers and shakers and all kinds of just, like... My dad just had, like, cabinets full of all this stuff on display and it's just there's a flood in the market because all the baby boomers that collected this kind of stuff are dying off and like people are inherited i'm just one of the other people that's inherited all this stuff that you know the market is flooded
3: it's so weird though that that there would be that big of a trend of something that once that generation starts you know passing away that all of a sudden that that market that maybe was well
1: and, 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 and like there, you were- know the, the you know the younger generation now Has zero interest in buying, like you know, an antique container to put your salt in. You know, I mean, they just don't. I mean, they they just don't have that interest. So it's 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 just a market that doesn't exist anymore. So those I have all my father's collections is the answer to that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you did collect or inherit quite a bit.
1: Yeah. And it's just sitting in a storage unit.
0: Boom. Maybe someday the ceramic and crystal salt cellar market will come back to you.
1: <laughs> if it does, boys, we'll be, we'll be swimming in rubies. <laughs>
3: Just wait baby boomers start coming back. They're going to want their shit. Um, well, the only thing I've really got, I mean, outside of the, the two elephant mugs, which I, I kind of wanted because you know, it was it was kind of a, a thing with my grandmother. Uh, my, when my grandfather passed away, I got his rather small uh, record collection, which consisted of 78s and weird time life collections um
1: <laughs> i that, got a bunch of 78s myself yeah
3: yeah they're useless i mean i when i worked at the record store people would come in and like i've got this 78 and Val would be like and
1: yeah <laughs> you, know? you know you might as well use them for target practice
3: pretty much you know she's like they're, they're basically giant coasters um
1: I, I was lucky enough to find somebody to buy uh my dad's victrola and I got rid of some of the 78s that way, but she didn't want to take all of them. So I just got, I'm stuck with like, you know, probably 178s. Oh, I don't
0: know. They want the ones made out of bakelite too. So they weigh a shit ton. Yep. Oh,
1: they're heavy as shit. Yep. And they have, uh, and they still have all the wrappings on them, the old paper wrappings and everything. I
0: got a bunch of them that are
3: bound into books.
1: Yeah. I got some yep. of those too. Yep.
3: yep. That, that's the stuff that I ended up with that I really didn't want, but they're like, none of the other family members had anything to do, you know, with music. So they, asked if I wanted it and I got his stereo cabinet and stuff too which that I did want Um, so you know kind of came part and parcel with that
1: yeah I have the whole stereo thing as as I've talked to you guys about before too my dad's entire stereo system complete with all the original boxes the receipt and the business card of the guy that sold it to him
2: hmm I kind of wish I'd gotten my mom's record stuff because she had a cylinder record player and a bunch of cylinders yeah they're probably still at my dad's house and I, I doubt, like, I don't even know if they have it in the dining room anymore. But, like, when sealed up, that record player just looks like a weird end table. Mm-hmm. Huh.
1: That was what the Victrola was, too. Yeah, it just looked like a, a, a tall end table.
3: Yeah, yep. it was furniture, man. The one that I've got is, I mean, if you had, like, somebody, eh, maybe four foot five or so, they could lay across the top of it. I mean, it's pretty, and it's heavy as shit. <laughs> Uh, it's fucking. It's a nice piece of furniture, though.
2: Yeah, the Edison is much more
3: pillar-like. So taller.
2: Yeah, tall, tall, and compact. More
3: vertical than horizontal. Is there anything you got, Josh, that you inherited that uh, you didn't really want? This? I
2: mean, considering that uh, my mother passed away, but my uh, brother still lives in the family home with his uh, wife and kids. Like, not really. They're, the closest thing to an inheritance would be the books I talked about in the first half. But, like, yeah, everything that was my mom's is my dad's. So, like, I, if eventually he's going to pass away and something will happen. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how that will all work. Uh, and uh, I'm not too concerned about it, considering that my, my life is in my own house and my brother's is there. So, right. yeah. <laughs> Way to make it
3: dark, Joel. Sorry. <laughs> We're all going to die someday.
2: Yeah, I'm I mean, certain in terms in of collections of stuff that I don't care about, it, it, there's a lot of crap I bought at Hobbytown and just never threw out. I, I know I've got plenty of packs and boxes of whatever the hot game of the moment was, whether that's like a hero clicks from this, that, or the other thing, the Accident and allies collectible miniatures I've got some of. Yeah, I've got Accident a bunch
1: and allies of miniatures.
2: Yeah, Oh yeah. that was back when, like, collectible miniatures were hot. Right after Heroclix and uh, the Star Wars and Marvel collectible miniatures, like, everybody was like, let's just put something out to try and ride this wave. Yeah. And at 40% discount, I, I bought it all. Not not all of everything, but a little bit of almost everything.
3: <laughs> well, I've yep. still got all my comics. I, even though I don't collect, I've still got them, and they're, you know, safely stowed away Um down actually sitting right next to me, but uh, Is that you know how you
0: thought, handle them? You just bring him around with you every, before you go?
3: <laughs> it's like 14 long boxes. Of, no
0: like, wonder
1: you're always late to shit. <laughs> you gotta pack up my, the comics. He um, just got him, got him in a little wagon behind him. He just drags him everywhere <laughs> with it.
3: <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I've <laughs> still kept all that stuff. You know, I mean, I, outside of the stuff that you didn't sell, I assume everybody still got all those things since Josh kind of brought up how he's still got those things lingering that he doesn't really do anything with, but
1: yeah, with well, magic. and yeah, my Magic uh, collection, obviously, I sold, but I still have the cards.
2: And the Magic cards are the reason why I get away with keeping all this crap. Because, like, that's my go-to for, like, a, hey, shouldn't you get rid of this, you haven't used it, and whatever. It was like, well, I didn't touch Magic cards for 15 years, and then we really got into it. And now the collection, like, just the valuable cards, is probably about $6,000. Yeah, that's partially mine, too. Most of that three cards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, most of that is the dual lands that I picked up while working at pastimes, but like, I, I have a lot of $20 cards and then like three $500 cards.
0: Yeah, that's probably the where I am. I think I, I would, my value of my collection on Magic cards would just be made up by sheer volume.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you hang on to stuff that's modern, playable, or legacy playable, uh, that's always going to get a, go up. The $100 card that's only good in standard, well, as soon as it rotates, it's not worth anything unless it's also playable in modern. Mm-hmm. I've also got, I mean, I've got my comics,
0: collected comics like everybody did, but again, I started collecting comics in the late ni- 1989 and then went until college pretty much in 90s, you know. Though I do have a whole box full of the... Um, uh, remember the Marvel collector cards? Oh, like, yeah.
2: Marvel masterpieces? Yeah. I got I got a full collection of those. And
0: That's, that's kind of wow. cool.
2: Those are nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah, my brother and I were really into those when they came out. Yeah. I don't know what it was like
0: before Magic came out, the collector cards. I've got a full collection of uh, the Dark Crystal collector cards. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, they have a collection of, <laughs> strangely enough, a collection of Betty Page collector cards. I remember those. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't even know. I am mean, just one of those kind of like, huh, this is what I wound up with.
3: That reminds me, I've got a full set of the Aladdin collector cards. Really? Complete set, yeah. Nice. Huh? He can show you his world. <laughs> Shut up, Matt.
2: <laughs> somewhere in a bag somewhere, I still have a whole bunch of unopened packs of like TSR collectible cards series like three or something. Hmm. I, I just bought like 600 of them for $3 at an auction at like, uh, uh, Oak Park River Forest game convention, one random year. And you could see why nobody cares about them because one of them will be just like Longsword. <laughs> this is the card. It'll have the stats of a longsword on the back. There's one thing
0: I wish I could have collected more of that I'm actually, if I go somewhere and I see it now, I will pick it up no matter what.
3: Now, and, something you wanted as a kid, or something you wanted? Well, now, something
0: I—I I mean, I'm, I'm recalling something I collected as a kid, and that was um, fighting fantasy game books.
2: Ah, uh, I love those.
0: Yeah, I know we talked about it long ago. God, this is before we even hit the triple-digit numbers in the song. Yeah, the choose shows. your
2: own adventure. You talked about how you had those, and I still have most of a complete set, missing mm-hmm. like two books of the White Wolf. Yeah, and if
0: I if I if I'm out at a bookstore and I see I see one of those, I buy it no matter what. I mean, I would, I will continue to buy those just because I love those so much and I wore the crap
2: out of them. Yeah. Those are lone wolf books. I I actually looked into what it would take to complete my set and it' (laughs) more than I'm willing to spend on the couple dog eared paperbacks.
3: Hmm. It just reminded me of, uh, uh, something that, that I, that I being a completionist as Val dubbed me at one point, um, I, I have a complete set of the Smurfs collector's glasses from Hardy's from 83 and 84. <laughs> Neat. Of course you do. Well, but here's the thing. I
0: I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected anything less.
3: I used to have a, my, cause my, my mom, we used to go to Hardy's quite a bit. And so when they would release those glasses, my mom would always get them. And those were the glasses we drank out of. And so I had them on the shelf as a kid and I, I've got a weird fascination with the Smurfs. So when I got to be this age and, and we started going out to like the um, antique malls and things like that and kind of looking around, um, I started to see them pop up and I got excited. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I remember these as a kid. I'd like to get, you know, one or two of them. And then I went online and realized, you know, there was only two complete sets that were ever released and there was, you know, a limited number in each set. So I started literally anytime I would go to, a place like that would start looking. And eventually, I've got a series of doubles that are up, that are being used, but I have two complete sets that are boxed and uh, safely tucked away of both series. And it's like one of my <laughs> favorite things I own. And I know it's so weird and random, but uh, I, I love them. I got a Just full set
0: them. of the Burger King
2: Lord of the Rings glasses.
3: See, there you go. They're cool. I don't know what it is about collector glasses. But yeah, I,
2: right? I have an incomplete set of the Burger King uh, original uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, dude, dude, I those think
1: those are worth some money. Yeah, in they're they're a lot, sitting
2: in my like, curio
3: cabinet. I mean, the, I have the, the is, world's
1: third largest collection of California raisins.
3: <laughs> Neat. <laughs> I, have, I have a complete set of the California the little action. <laughs> I don't
0: even want to know how you're quantifying that. <laughs> is there is there well, like mean, a,
1: meaning that I have four figurines? Oh, okay. Uh, you
0: obviously have
3: more. You should see my desk at work. I've got all of them, literally. Not the no, big I, I actually one. I used
1: to have some and I sold them on eBay a while. They're not worth a lot, but no, I sold them. <laughs> I sold like uh, forty of them for twenty bucks or something.
3: Yeah, I mean they're they're a dime a dozen. There's some that are harder to find than others, but um, Matt Massey actually, his his mom worked for Hardee's for most of her um, adult life, and and so he had a, a a bunch of them. He had and he just sent me all of them, and it ended up being you know the complete set of all of them that they released plus doubles. Huh. So because he knew I was into little figurines like the Smurfs and the uh, California Raisins.
2: Oh, I'm wrong. The the uh, set I've got is
3: Jedi. I, I decided to look. Still, though, I mean, if you go to those antique fairs and stuff, the, like the Smurf ones would go anywhere from three to five bucks, depending on you know how limited they were. But the Star Wars ones were always ten to twenty minimum for them if they were in good shape.
2: Yeah, and the two I've got are, and it looks like they're depending on quality. It looks like most of them go for 15 to 20 a piece yeah but some people are trying to sell some of them for upwards of 50 a guy okay, i have
3: two of the four well, the problem is is you know they're easily breakable and if you used them the more you put them in the wash machine the, the more faded they got or if they were on display out somewhere in the sun bleached them that's
0: so. why i like the lord of the rings ones there's no they're like all engraved
3: Oh, okay, oh, that's so, cool.
0: And we yeah, use them but, all the time. And that's the thing is, like, I wish I could <laughs> say I'd like. I'm like no, because you know if I'm, if I'm having like an ale or something, it seems it's pretty cool to drink it out of the the Gandalf, you know, pedestal glass type of thing. So,
3: nerd drinks. So is there something you guys would like to be collecting now that you're not?
1: I wish I could have the collection of that one guy. The video I posted a couple of weeks ago in our in one of our chats. That that of his miniatures and figurines and, and terrain and buildings and everything for just epic Dungeons and Dragons games. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. I know what you're talking about. uh, Yeah. I've got like nowhere near what he's got, but it's funny. The more we talk, the more I realize, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I got some shit like that. Like (laughs) I I ended up buying a lot of miniatures specifically for D and D and some of them I painted. Some of them are just sitting, waiting to be assembled and painted. Probably will be waiting forever. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to
0: have enough time to get into 40k. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome! I love the world. I love the the miniatures. I love the game, but I do not have that much time, money, or uh, energy. (laughs) <laughs> it's Her skill to paint an entire five thousand point army. I mean, I've got the, I've got one of the video games, and I you know was talking about it with Susie, and she's like, oh, why don't you get into this game? Because then you would never see me.
3: <laughs> that's that's its own thing. I mean, if you're into that, that's pretty much all you're into. It,
1: well, it's well, literally well, like a part-time job, is what I've heard. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, I I got into it basically because of my discount and I've had two, uh, 40 K armies and two fantasy armies. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty fun game. Like I've still got a lot of the stuff. Some pieces have gotten broken over the years or bits have fallen off and gotten lost. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was just like, I I was not a good miniatures painter, but the more time you spend on it, the better you get at it. Yeah. Definitely one of those things that if you've got five squads of ten guys and you have to paint them for a tournament, by the time you're done, you're pretty okay at the basics.
0: Yeah, and that was, that was the thing. It's like, I don't have time to paint all these. And Susie goes, you don't have to paint them. I'm like, yes, you do. You really do. You have to. You can't just I say mean,
2: you have the gray army. <laughs> right. <laughs> and typically the, the 1,500 or 2,000 point armies, like at almost any point in the hobby— Depending on your army, you're talking between one and two thousand dollars to get what about what you would want mm-hmm. w- once you're all said and done. Yes.
1: with vehicles <laughs> and special armors. And-
2: yeah, and then individual figures that are like twenty bucks for the leader guy, and then the all the hobby supplies to get them ready. In time, and it- you got to prime them. You got to
0: file it down, all the flashing off of it. There's so much. Yeah. To-
2: yeah, it's it's definitely its its own hobby. And uh I was glad uh to get back into painting just a little bit before this school year started uh to paint the set that I got at Gen Con of the uh basically cowboy uh meets uh HP Lovecraft Warhammer Quest game that I got at Gen Con. I, I painted all the figures for that right before I went back to work. Cool. And just, like, looking around the house, like, I, I have what you'd call a collection of, uh, a- Aztec and Mayan memorabilia from times I went to Mexico. Like, I've got one shelf that is all, like, Throne of the Red Jaguar, uh, El Castillo. Just, there's an Aztec calendar on the wall right near me now.
0: Oh, this re- made me realize. I mean, I collect also, uh, tiki stuff. I've got yeah, four different tiki statues on my desk right now. Oh, yeah, definitely
1: right collect like, tiki stuff, yeah. Uh... I'm just looking around. I have a collection of sock monkeys.
3: Oh um, yeah, <laughs> I remember that coming up at some point. How many life. sock monkeys nope. do you have? Uh,
1: I'm counting.
0: It's got to be more than three.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, 13, 14, 14, and with just within sight. It's
3: not counting under the bed in the closet.
1: Huh? <laughs> I used to have a sock monkey keychain, but the guys that carjacked me took it. I like to imagine there's some really tough gangster guy riding around with my sock monkey (laughs) keychain.
0: It's kind of of a weird fantasy there, Joel. I mean, Pat, whoever you are. (laughs) uh, No, it's just just, uh, what he said sounded so so incredibly stupid. I thought you said it.
1: Um, This is an actual real collection I have. Uh Um, I have have a um, minimum of one $1 chip from every casino or card room or poker house I've ever played anything in ever.
3: Oh, that is, well, that's so pretty cool. Yeah, so strangely specific.
1: Yep. And that's neat. I like it. Every, every single... Every, I got... It's, it's about 300 chips.
3: <laughs> I know that uh,
2: Sarah collects uh, blue glass. Like, if there's a blue glass bottle or jar or whatever she comes oh, across, yeah. whatever it is, whether it's beer bottle, wine bottle, like, uh, she'll say, hey, can I save that? And we got a lot of blue glass around the house. Nice.
3: I know about that one. Not that I collect, but... Um, around me currently, uh, I've got a bunch of toys, all my CDs, my comics. I mean, pretty much everything that I have talked about is here within arm's reach, including the Smurf glasses. (laughs) The only thing that's not, are my, uh, my movies are upstairs, the blu-rays and DVDs. And then, um, there's some toys up there on that, on that cabinet as well.
1: Yeah. Like all of us, I have a movie collection as well. So that's not the shocker.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, I think we all have some movies. Yeah. Very few for
2: me though. Like I, I, If uh, it wasn't for Sarah's DVDs, like I think I own one, no, I own two Blu-ray box sets, and that's my entire Blu-ray collection. Like Battlestar Galactica and Cowboy Bebop is it for Blu-rays, and then I had the Star Wars, the uh, Lord of the Rings extended, and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark box sets. Nice. And then a couple of random movies here and there, but like my uh, DVD collection like quintupled when I got married because I've never been a big buy the movie guy.
3: Just makes me twitchy thinking about it. <laughs> since it's my thing.
2: Sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to stream it. All right. Hey,
0: Joel. Yo. I think we're about done. Yeah, what nice have we got up, up on up on uh the shelf for uh, next week?
3: Next week we're going to get silly. Just silly.
0: Monty Python. Yeah. Seeing that the there is a glut of Monty Python that is currently on uh, Netflix right now, we are going to watch a bunch of Monty Python, Flying Circus, and then we're also going to take a look and see what the guys are doing post-2000.
2: Yeah, the surviving cast members, we're going to yeah. catch up with their more recent projects and give a look at now. So, yeah you want to give us your thoughts on that or tell us maybe about what your collections were or thoughts on our collections, uh, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708 Yep. And uh, if you want to find our older stuff, again,
0: iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkSoo, podverse PodverseFM, new.fm.com, all over the web, including iHeartRadio. And go to PodChaser and leave us a review. We love that.
2: Yeah. And uh, you can always email us at 40Go14 at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at 40Go14. Right. People do that. That is a thing that things do. Or people.
0: (laughs) Wow. This is what happens when we record during the daytime.
3: (laughs) We were doing so well.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening.
1: All right. All right. All right. Cool. Beast man, not in this bit. <laughs> <laughs>